Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, sunshines. You are listening to the Evolvepreneur After Hours podcast, and I am your host, Christine Campbell-Rappin, and I'm on a mission to help more entrepreneurs make a difference in the world. It is about navigating the messy worlds of startup, growth, reinvention, or evolution, as we're going to talk today. Join me today. We're going to be digging deep with my peer, an entrepreneur from South Africa, who's going to talk to you about the jet learnings, the lessons, and the best concepts to help you apply them to fast track your business. Our special guest today is Brent Howman, and I'm really excited because he's an accomplished global executive with over 20 years of experience in the very technology and business environments. He's a big picture thinker who's been able to set a distinction and build from a path and then grow from there. Having worked in many varying size organizations across multiple industries, he has a deep understanding of the organizational landscape and how to actually get things done. He's built a balanced competence on both business and technology, using the organizations to help them allow people and businesses to easily empathize and translate across these two areas. He's allowed himself to build an extensive knowledge that spans the globe, transforming digital technology, consumer engagement strategies, sales, and product management. Above all, He's learned to enjoy the ride and figure out how he can create big impact. A very warm welcome to our program. Thank you so much, Christine. I mean, when you when you say all those things, you, you almost forget them, right? That they're all just part of the path of of getting here. Um, and and yeah, sometimes you know we, we were talking a few minutes ago. Sometimes we almost just got to look back every now and again and and, and just remember all that stuff. So so thanks for the great intro. You are very welcome. It's true. When you are in the weeds, Mach 10 with your hair on fire, it's sometimes really hard to see yourself in the lens the way someone else would see you. But starting us back a little further than Mach 10 with your hair on fire, which is where we are today. So how did this all begin? Did you imagine the path to entrepreneurship or did you find yourself in an accidental role going, I find myself a business owner? How did the story start for you? Oh, that's a that's a cool question. So, so yes, the the quick answer is no. Um, I, you know, didn't really start out there. I think, uh, you know, a lot of people think about entrepreneurship with with sort of sparkles in their eyes and 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 really, I'm going to launch in and and really just kickstart a business and and rule the world. Um, and it certainly didn't start like that for me. I I you know really started with with the mindset of of I you know I want to. Like most people, I want to go work for a business. I want something that's secure, something where I'm going to learn, um, really where I'm going to make an impact on on that corporate. Um, and really was in that space for quite a long time, um, but never really worked for the large corporates. Always sort of worked in the vendor space. Um, always sort of found that that I was more inclined to to make an impact on a smaller business working. And adding value, um, you know, try, trying to add services and value to these larger corporations, as opposed to, what, you know, sort of working within the politics and, and chaos and red tape um, of these large corporates. So um, I think maybe that was the start of understanding that I, I prefer that type of environment um, and spent a long time in that environment, right? So so almost almost twenty years um, working in that environment, just providing uh, sort of sort of services and, and those type of things, always in the technology space, um, just because that's where the world was going more than, more than anything else. And never, you know, having an absolute clear vision on where I was going to end up. Um, 
So, so I went through various roles within there, uh, sort of always straddling business and technology. Sort of every position I've, I've always held has always been sort of that bridging position, which is which has served me really well, right? So I've always had a vision of, or I've always had a view of what's happening on the business side and understanding sort of the value proposition that we're trying to create. Uh, but at the same time, always had a, a, an appreciation for for how hard it is to build technology. Um, how you know how to do that properly, and and the, the sort of engineering mindset that comes with that, and and sort of the combination of those two things that really served me well. So, at some point, we kind of um, you know worked for a, a company called Striata for for many years. I ran the development team for ten years, um, and and then sort of evolved from there as as sort of this this sort of bridge between technology and business into into the chief customer experience officer, um, really focusing on what needs to go in our platform and understanding our customers at the same time. Uh, and that really set me up for uh, the next phase of, of my career. Um, with the, the business went through an acquisition and a big part of that acquisition, or, or a sort of key part of it, is that is that a portion of the business was carved out, the Africa portion of the business, um, or the Africa-focused portion of the business was carved out for various reasons. And, and really, sort of the international part of the business, as well as as well as the platform IP, um, was acquired, um, and so so that really left you know me in an interesting position where where either I could follow the corporate side um, and and follow the acquisition, or take on a brand new challenge, which was really picking up on the Africa business and and reshaping it, sort of rethinking it um, under this new sort of lens. Um, and that that sort of thrust, you know, with that mindset, would thrust me into the entrepreneurial space, um, and and saw it as an opportunity. That was roughly three years ago. Um, saw it as an opportunity. Always had an entrepreneurial side, you know, to to thinking about things. Um, had zero clue how hard it was going to be. So so a little bit sort of naive launching into it. Like I'm sure you know a lot of people are, um, but but. You know, as always, you've got to dive in with both feet. Um, and really, you know, if you, I think if you knew, like any entrepreneurs, every time I speak to them, I think if you knew what you were getting into, you probably wouldn't get into it, right? So, so I think that was a big part of it. So, so you know, hopefully, hopefully that gives a bit of a view of how I got here. Um, and and yeah, happy to talk through sort of sort of where to from here well sort of some of the some of the pains of leading up to this point three years later um and and those pains continue in a lot of ways i'm sure we'll get into that um and and more sort of about the vision and and sort of what keeps us getting out of bed in the morning um and and that sort of you know where does that source of energy come from i'm curious because but yes you know i do think um People often think, you know, when you're on the precipice of a safety or the illusion of safety in the world of corporate and uh, a really white space of, I don't know, but there's a lot of possibility. Um, you, you, it's, it's better sometimes not to have everything mapped out, although that is the hardest thing for us to stomach because it kicks every kind of butterfly out. But when you were standing there and you're having the conversation with your family and saying, I'm going to go do this, what did you anticipate or think? think would be the hardest bit of the journey when you first set out? Oh, that's a, again a great question because we actually have that exact moment is we literally sat down and said, hey guys, 
that we, we've got a journey ahead. Well, I've got a journey ahead. And, and as a family, that means we've got a journey ahead. Um, and, and I'm going to need your support, right? As I, I know at some level that the journey ahead is, is not going to be a piece of cake. Um, we had already made the decision as a, as a management team that we needed to evolve as a business, right? And, and almost move beyond what we were traditionally doing, which was in digital communication and really evolve and expand on that proposition in the market. Um, to cover more customer engagement, which is a much more broad umbrella um, of of sort of services, et cetera. Um, and with that mindset, just just you know needing to know that your family was there and that and that over the next sort of you know we we time boxed it as a family because I think it just helps you to wrap your head around it to go, guys, over the next five to seven years, um, I'm going to need to put my head down and really sort of dive both feet in here. Um, there's going to be an impact on. On all of us, right? There's going to be an impact on on my time, on my effort, and and probably my mood every now and again. I'm sure. So just being honest. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. And and you know, you like to think you've got everything together. I'm I'm a pretty. I like to think I'm a pretty level-headed person. Um, and and you know, you like to you like to believe that you're just kind of be different. Um, in terms of you know, I know what the vision looks like. I'm typically quite good at mapping a path to get there. But the bottom line is, is that we don't know how we're going to get there. We're going to kind of work it out. It's a creative process. Um, and, and so sitting down with my family, we, you know, what was important for us is to time box it because if we, you know, I think if you, if even for your, for your own sake, if you end up just going, guys, I don't know how long this is going to take. I'm just going to plug away at it until something good happens. Um, then, you know, that, that doesn't paint the best picture. It doesn't really give you a life tunnel um, and we had the same conversation with with my management team as well is to go hey guys we've got five to seven years to really to really build something that that can change the world um and and it's completely up to us where previously we were always part of a structure and we always had to consider sort of the structures around us now you're kind of out in the deep water on your own um there's no longer a big brother um, there's no longer someone looking after you, your interests and, and someone to go to when when things aren't going to plan, right? So so it's really it's us. Um, and and almost had the exact same conversation with my family as I did with the management team. Um, but I think it's an important conversation, just in terms of shaping your path, you know, sort of setting your goals, um, and and making sure that both your family and your and your uh, the team around you are on the same on the same page. Um, and it is an important element and I think it's often missed. And this is this is true. You have everyone has a runway in their business. And knowing the commitment to the runway, you can choose to accelerate on it. And and there might be some advantages and disadvantages to doing that. But sitting down and setting with the key stakeholders of your life, this is the expectation. This is our joint commitment going in. And I I love the fact you gave yourself grace of, you know, this is not just the financial, the stress levels, it's the emotions, it's everything. And it's an important one you know, for our audience here to say, you do need to look at your runway and you need to get really clear how long that runway is. Because if you don't, you will find yourself in an ultimatum. And that's a dangerous place to make a decision from. So you've made the commitment, you set the expectations. I'm curious, you know, you're three months in and it's still very messy. You're still in the evolution process what looking back would have been something you said, I wish I'd moved more quickly through the decision-making capacity that would have helped us accelerate on the runway. Yeah. Thanks. I, I think, 
I mean, it's it's a little bit deceiving because we're three months in in terms of um, the name change and and all of that, but we really have been building up to this. So so a lot of that work ended up starting probably twelve to eighteen months ago as well. Um, and and a tough question to answer because, you know, what is that sort of key moment we could have done differently? Um, the quick answer is I'm not sure. Right? Is that is that knowing what I knew then versus knowing what I know now? Um, hindsight is always easy we know that right um but i I almost don't believe we could get here with the lessons we've learned if we had changed something back then so almost appreciative even though it was it was damn hard i'd write to to you know use some some harder words but i've got harder words than that but uh but it was pretty (laughs) hard um and and but i don't think you would change anything because there's so many lessons we've learned through that and and also um you know, a big part of where we are at the moment is is we're not a hundred percent clear. It's not like we've got everything together. We have we have this excellent vision. Um, you know, we have this drive, this energy. We know exactly what we want to achieve. But every single day, we're shaping what we do. Um, especially because, and, and I love you know, I love the name of 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 this segment and your business, Evolvepreneur, because you know we talk a lot about evolution. Um, and really that we're evolving beyond digital communication um, into customer engagement, which is which is exactly that. It's not a pivot. It's it's more of an expansion and an evolution. And it's fundamentally actually changed our business. We, we've moved from being an application sort of product-based business into a services-based business, which is a, a fundamental shift in, in your mindset um, as well. So, so all of that couldn't have happened if we hadn't gone through the pains, if we hadn't gone through... Um, sort of all of that, which is much easier to say once you've you've done it. Um, What it does do is start setting up your mindset for what's coming up for you in the future as well. And you've almost got to make that part of your life, which is, you know, we go back to your previous question of of your family and all of that is, is, you know, you're you're almost living in this this sort of state of flux. Um, And, and, you know, someone like your family, you know, they want you know, I've got two beautiful children and, and they're looking for that stability. So you can't bring that level of flux into your everyday life. You've got to create some level of structure and stability, but then almost context switch when you go back into the office um, and and sort of, re, you know, you're constantly shaping what, what this looks like as well. Um, and that can be hard, right? There's no there's no two ways about it. It's, it's, it's not an easy process, but it has to be one that you, you're ready for. Um, and and I think that was really important for me as I was I was ready. Um, if this had happened ten years ago, just mentally, um, I, I think from a maturity level and all of that, I probably wasn't ready. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe that's an interesting note: is that you know I, I almost you know if you if I'd given the same opportunity, you know, when I was thirty years old, would I have taken it? I'm not sure. I don't think I was the same person. Um, so I think you know fundamentally, just mentally maturity. You've got to feel it, um, and you've got to be you've got to be ready to go on that path. Well, and I think a big part of the journey comes down to two things. Yes, I always think you're in the right place at the right time, and we often think we're before it, we're after it, we're never in the right speed. But I will tell you, every lesson you had helped you get to where you are today, which really comes down to the fact that you are, you know, if I hear you and what I, you know, and I'm a business coach, what I'm hearing is, you know, you are making decisions on the fly, but that is the strength of where you're in. Is every decision gives us new knowledge and. You made a pretty big recognition to shift away from a product to the service. And 
you're in a place that has some very big giants and you were really thinking about for us to compete survive thrive we can't just be like them and i want to talk a little bit about that in your journey because it's a bold declaration and it's also a smart strategy but it also means again you're creating your own steam on that runway because you're not saying well that's how they do it and that's a success path it's i must create a path forward so Talk to me a little bit about the conversations you're sitting around your team with, which is, you know, we're going to have to do something differently and inspiring the team to catch flight with that vision. Yeah. So we're exactly in that position at the moment. So just in our space, um, you know, as we move into the services spaces, is what we call mega vendors. Um, and and they're constantly squeezing, right? They're constantly, they're big guys and they're flexing their muscles and, and, um, and we're every single day learning how do we shape ourselves around them because we certainly don't want to take them on in the market right they'll they'll just crush us um so so it it makes a lot of sense to i mean the first step that we've had to take is is understanding them you know hopefully better than they understand themselves right understanding that market better than they understand it um understanding sort of where their path is and and where we're heading um but fundamentally is you're constantly shaping around these these mega vendors and and sometimes through them, if that makes sense, right? So so every now and again we you know we we want to subsidize what our what our customers are able to do using these mega vendors. We want to expand it. We want to fill in the gaps and then over and above that, almost help our customers to use their own products um, and and understand their own products and just become absolute experts in the space. Just fundamentally become most knowledgeable people in the world, right? Which is always a, a nice lofty aspiration um, in order to in order to shape our space over here. And and you're right, is it is it this is a this is an evolution. It, you know, these these others, let's say mega vendors, they're constantly changing. They're doing they're going through acquisitions, they're looking for their own path and expanding um, while you're doing that as well. So it's this constant um, you know, the space is constant like most industries is constantly in flux and and if you're doing nothing, you're going backwards. So you're mm-hmm. constantly thinking about it, um, finding finding your sort of playground within that, um, and then and then building on top of that, right? And and if you can find exactly what that looks like and and what that shape looks like, and you know, then then you're in an excellent space because it creates clarity on the way forward. And I'm 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 a, re- a really big sort of advocate of 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 clarity creates action. Um, whether that's for our clients or for ourselves. So you're always looking to create that clarity. But I think one of the lessons I've learned is as quickly as you've created it, you know, the waters down the path are a little bit murky again. So you can't stop. Um, <laughs> there it is an ongoing question. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a treadmill, right? Um, and I think that's always a great analogy because the treadmill is, is you just can't stop without falling off the back. Um, and and what you've got to do is just find yourself moving a little bit quicker than than the, the floors moving underneath you, um, and and even if you're sprinting, it's you know it's you've really got to get that balance without sort of burning yourself out as well. So so yeah, all of all of that space is is really interesting. Um, we're we're also helping to shape it, which I'm really excited about. Like we're bringing completely new ways of thinking. Is you know the mega vendors. They tend to move a little bit more slowly. They've got a lot of money. 
uh, but it's a big ship to to move. But what we're doing is sort of shaping on top of that, almost almost creating the direction for where the for where the industry is going um, and allowing them to follow. And I think that's the part that that's really exciting for us. I think it's interesting because you know, we often forget and we, we don't give ourselves enough credit for this sense of perspective and time is the big guys didn't get big overnight. And and yeah. so a new company, its strength is its agility because you're right, a big ship takes a lot of effort to to move and there's a lot of di- disconnected fail points in a large organization simply by the nature of the size of teams and the size of the decision-making complexity. And you know, for you to carve this out I'm sure one of the biggest challenges is is bringing client growth in because it's the it's the mystery everyone I know who I work with struggles with. It's how do you bring in new clients and, and stagnating growth, um, difficult economic times. You've got some challenges unique to the African market that I'm very familiar with. Um, you know, what do you think it's going to take? You know, just cast the vision for me as, as we kind of you know look to your future. What do you think it's going to take? to reach that goal line? And is the goal line acquisition as in you being acquired or is it something else? Cast me the vision of where you're going. Sure, sure. So I think the quick answer is that there's sometimes when you're running a business, we almost forget. And the irony is, is we're in the business of keeping the client in the crosshairs, right? Client centricity, customer experience, customer engagement. Um, and sometimes when you're getting stuck in the weeds of, of running your business and, 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 you know, making these changes and constantly shaping exactly how you fit in the market, you can see easily how your customers get stuck in that as well and almost forget about the client, right? Really comes about operational efficiency and, and all these other things. You almost forget your purpose. Um, and and really, that's what keeps us grounded, the fact that we're in that space and, and constantly remembering the clients. Um, <clears throat> and, and in fact, in, in with our customers, we end up representing the clients in the room in a lot of instances as well. So why is that important is that, is that it's exactly what we've done is sort of brought that in um, and helped to shape our business around what do our clients need? Um, always, almost, almost, you know, there's, I'm actually reading a book at the moment where, where the person actually puts a chair in the meeting room to represent the clients. It almost just that sort of visual representation of, of remembering the clients. Um, and, and from our perspective, that's about understanding what our clients are trying to achieve um, especially in the customer engagement space, though you know a little bit of it, the optimism within our business is, is we fundamentally believe that client engagement solves everything. <laughs> so, so you know, I think if you don't have passion for what you do, then then you know you're going to struggle with that energy. But but fundamentally, we believe that client engagement, um, if you take any KPI within any organization, fundamentally it can be achieved through through customer and employee engagement. Um, and just getting that right and, and changing behavior and influencing behavior um, using various digital channels, et cetera. So, so just back to the vision is exactly that, is, is shaping our business in a way that, that we can produce um, services or, 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 or represent services that our customers resonate with. And most of those services are about underpinning KPIs. Um, and I'm actually not a fan of the, the term KPIs, but I think everyone everyone kind of gets it, right? Just, but a KPI is really just a goal at the end of the day. Like I like to simplify things. And 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 as an example is, you know, let's, let's use a simple example. There's almost no company out there that doesn't talk about the, the first 100 days of a customer post-acquisition, right? So, so what does that first 100 days look like and how do we reduce the amount of churn or drop-off that happens at the end at, at that point, right? That's a goal. 
you know, let's reduce the amount of drop-off that happens within the first 100 days where a customer has sort of some buyer's remorse. How do we achieve that? Great. So our answer is always quick and easy. Customer engagement, right? How are you speaking to your customers? What is the value proposition that you're providing them? Um, how are you validating their decision as they move through those first 100 how are you getting them to adopt your different channels to reduce the overhead um, on your operational side of things, so, et cetera, et cetera. So we'll, we'll work through that with our customers and then underpin that um, with the right technology in order to achieve that. And, and, and really importantly is that, is that, you know, from a business perspective and part of our vision is that we're that company that's not going to come in and rip the carpets out. We really want to come in and, and build on top of, we want to maximize, we want to fill the gaps, we want to help you to achieve your goal, um, but leveraging the technology you have as well as the technology you don't have. Uh, and we fundamentally believe that that with that in the crosshairs um, and working our way through um, each one of our existing customers that we that we have, we have a fantastic palette of, of great customers, um, and, and obviously expanding that up initially through Africa, hopefully we'll take over the world at some point, right? Um, but I think really have a hashtag that says in Africa for Africa, um, and there's there's certainly some unique challenges within Africa, um, but at the same time, uh, that's where the opportunity lies for us, right? Is that is that we're in Africa, we fundamentally understand these challenges, and I think what a lot of you know, just an interesting note, what a lot of first sort of world economies don't realize is that Africa in the digital space actually tends to be two to three years ahead um, of where a lot of these first world economies are in the digital space. And, and it's actually out of necessity, right? It's as, it's as simple as our post offices don't work, right? So, so when, when these, these services aren't available, you've got to get really innovative around leveraging technology. Um, and with the growing infrastructure, in, certainly in South Africa and, and in many countries within Africa, um, you can get really sort of innovative in, in terms of how you're leveraging um, these technologies in order to drive customer engagement, to reach your customers, build that emotional connection with them, um, and and ultimately influence um, their their sort of relationship to you as a business, and ultimately their buying patterns, um, and and that tends to be two to three years ahead of of these other areas, only because they still heavily rely on um, you know specific services that that we can't rely on, uh, though the world is going digital. So so what the space we end up being in is just far more efficient. Um, so so really, with all that in mind, we almost you know. Our goal is to make Africa, you know, we want to build the most engaged companies and customers um, across Africa and use that as, as the foundation for taking that innovation out to the rest of the world. Um, so, so, again, quite a, a lofty aspiration, um, but we believe that that Africa is is this fertile ground um, that, that a lot of large institutions are, are almost if, if not already here or getting ready to come into the market. Um, and we believe that we can provide that bridge for them in a lot of ways as well. So, so really leveraging our knowledge within Africa, but also other people's lack of knowledge within Africa um, and tying those two together, sort of bridging them, showing them that there's a fantastic market here, um, lots of growth available um, and being able to, to almost use um, our, the opportunity within Africa to allow them to come in with relative ease um, and build a business on the back of that, really build something that's, that's strong, that fundamentally changes the African continent as a starting point. Um, and yes, you know, to the vision, um, 
you know, whether that's a, an acquisition or we continue to grow in that space, um, I think like a good entrepreneur, we're sort of making that decision on the fly every day, but we have an exit plan, right? And that exit plan is um, to to allow ourselves to, I, I, you know, having gone through an acquisition, what we don't want to do necessarily is is sort of is sort of dilute ourselves into a larger organization. We want to continue on this process of of changing Africa. Um, so so it would have to be, you know, acquisition is probably the right thing because mostly because you you need a big brother and you need money um, to to change the world. Um, and really, really, at the end of the day, we want to make sure that we we fulfill our purpose and we fulfill our vision on that. But we don't want to just be absorbed. We want to we want to have someone who shares that vision with us. Um, so we really want to um, see if keeps that at the forefront of what we're achieving. And hopefully, have someone who shares that vision with us comes in and says, "Hey guys, I, I see your vision to create the most engaged companies in Africa, and and agree with it. Let's do this together." Um, and so. So really, that's the goal. Um, and you know, we're still young enough as a group, right? R- really, our our intention is not to um, sort of build a business, get acquired, and move on, right? We, you know, a, a lot of us really are, are, are sort of tired. But we we say, I don't know if it's a common analogy, but we hitched our trailer um, to to this process, um, and and excited to sort of build it over the next sort of five to seven years because that's what we promised our families. Um, but then at that point, be in a position where we can make a decision on, great, we're ready to continue with this or, or build something out sort of, yeah, you know, to the peripheral side of this as well. I love it. Because what your story really shows, you know, to our audience is, is twofold. Number one is you are an evolution always. And it is about finding a way to create a marketplace. And I do think, you know, there's magic in, in the African continent. There is a lot of innovation. And I think the world is not aware of the untapped potential that it holds. And yet at the same time, if we really can get ourselves out, and I mean business, out of our own way and get back to customer conversations, that is where explosive growth will come. It's been fascinating to have you as our guest. Guys, this is Brent Hausman. He is a fabulous guy. You're going to see some great things for his company in the future. This is a wrap on another amazing episode with the Evolpreneur After Hours podcast couple things before you go. If you've loved this episode, please give us a five-star review. And if you're an entrepreneur or no one who has a story to share about making impact, we'd love to have you on our program. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes. And until next time, today is the perfect day to go connect to your customer and make that difference. Have a great evening. We will see you on our next episode. Bye-bye.